0: a series on the power of the cross. Obviously, without the cross, none of us would be here. (laughs) So it's important that we understand and we not take for granted what Jesus has done for us. It's such a powerful thing. And we can take it for granted sometimes. The Bible, in the Bible, Paul says, do not take the grace of God in vain. Because it cost Jesus everything. Cost him everything. And we... So, we've decided to do a series and go through a few of the words, the big words of the Bible that we can sometimes gloss over and just pull them apart for you so that when you see those words, you understand exactly what it means and understand the power of what the cross has done for you. So, I've actually called this declared innocent. Declared innocent. And we're going to talk, do a bit of a Bible study today on justification. We're going to pull that apart and explain how important justification is. So, I don't know about you, but justice is really important to me. is really important to most people because without justice, there is anarchy, right? Without justice, there is anarchy. There is disorder. There's chaos. And I know, you know, even as a child, how many of us find ourselves saying quite a lot, it's not fair. It's not fair normally we complain to our parents about that because it's normally dobbing on one of our siblings it's not fair so there is a part of us that always is looking for justice because we're looking for the right for the wrongs to be made right who something within us knows That there has to be justice. Without God's law, there is no justice. And so, therefore, we see what we see right now in the world where there's anarchy, craziness, because God's law is still there, but people are disregarding it. They are rebellious in their ways and so therefore when you break God's law we have anarchy and everything the way that we are all designed the way that creation is designed there is order there's a need to have order there is a need to have justice there is a need to make the wrong right and we know that the only way that that can be done Was done was by the death of Jesus because the law requires a payment, right? The law requires a payment, just like if you broke the law right now, there would be a penalty for that. A penalty always needs to be paid, so therefore, justice is not fulfilled until the penalty is paid. And we all know who paid that penalty, and that was Jesus. He paid the penalty for our sin. You know what I find right, hard right now is that people don't even want to use the word sin. Sin is in the Bible. It's not my word. It's actually God's word. People want to get offended about everything because people don't want to believe that they're in sin, but they are. We all are, until we accept Jesus. And it's a sin and a price to be paid that we couldn't pay, that we possibly couldn't pay because the price requires innocence and none of us are innocent. And so therefore, God required a payment for our sin. We are guilty and that's why we need justification. Justification is to be made right, to be made righteous before God. Because as we sang before, God is holy. God is holy. We cannot enter into his presence without the blood of Jesus. We cannot make ourselves holy by any means. We cannot reason our way into heaven. We cannot reason our way out of sin because all of us have sinned. Some of us like to think we're less sinful than others. That's not the case. All of us have broken the law. All of us are guilty. All of us are guilty. So justice means that people are rewarded or punished for what they have done in all fairness and equality with no bias. Do you think that's happening right now? Do you think justice is happening right now with all equality and bias and fairness? No. For justice needs to be done by God's law. Without God's law, there is no distinction between right and wrong because man makes up his own rules. So justification is the process by which sinful human beings are made acceptable to a holy God. I'll say that again. Justification is the process by which sinful human beings are made acceptable to a holy God. We need to be covered in God's grace. We are guilty until we are made right by the justification process of Jesus. Until we accept him as our Lord and Saviour. we believe that he died and that he rose again, then we can be declared innocent because now we are made right with God if we accept him as our Lord and Saviour. So we're going to look at Romans 3.23 this morning to 24. So Romans 3:23 says this: "For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace, through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus." So his glory is spiritual perfection. We can never reach spiritual perfection. We need the blood of Christ on us so that we are made acceptable before a holy God because we have all sinned. So we can be justified freely, made right through the grace of God. And that's why we should never, ever Take the grace of God in vain because it's so powerful and precious to us. It's a sacrifice that was made for us at huge cost because we have all sinned and we are all guilty. So by the law, a punishment is required to satisfy the sin. So last week we we, um, went back and we re-watched Narnia series. Has most people seen Narnia, the the first one? Yeah, it's awesome, hey? I encourage you all to watch it. It's a vivid picture of what Jesus has done. And there's a moment where Edmund, one of the kids has betrayed them all, and the witch knows it. And she drags Edmund before Aslan, who's representing Jesus. He's the lion. And says the law requires, because of what he's done, that he pays with his life. The law requires it. And they all look at each other and they're all worried because they know, they know that what she's saying is true. You see, the devil knows, the devil knows, he knows that the law requires a penalty and we should have paid it, each one of us, because each of us is guilty, but Jesus stepped in. So in this moment, Aslan steps forward and he goes in off to the tent and he negotiates with the witch and offers up his own life to pay the price. And Edmund is set free. That is what Jesus did for us. He stepped in. He stepped in when the penalty should have been on each one of us. The justice of God must be fulfilled. And when the King of Kings returns, all justice will be done. Everything will be made right, amen. Every person will be judged on this earth, whether they believe in God or not. They will all be judged for what they have done. So there was a chasm between us that could not be bridged except for the blood of Jesus. And our guilt, so we should have had guilty written on us, but Jesus replaced it with his righteousness. So if you have received Jesus and you have repented for your sin, you have now got righteousness written on you, written on your heart. So that when God looks at you, he sees righteousness. Does that give us liberty to sin? No, it does not. In fact, the grace of God gives us the power not to sin. But when we do, we are forgiven. When we repent. So through Jesus... Our guilt was replaced with his righteousness. Our dirty, filthy clothes replaced for his clean ones. How amazing is that? Our dirty clothes, our dirty rags replaced with his clean ones. So before Christ, it talks about in Leviticus 16.9. And it talks about the guilt that was put on the animals in the Old Testament before Jesus came as a representation. And it says here, And Aaron shall bring the goat on which Jehovah's lot fell and offer it for a sin offering. But the goat on which the lot fell to be the the complete removal of shall be presented alive before Jehovah to make an atonement with him, to let him go for a complete removal into the wilderness. So they placed the guilt of the people on the goat and they set the goat free, representing all of the guilt was taken and paid for on that goat. Wouldn't you hate it if the goat came back? <laughs> I'd be a bit worrying. Like Get away. But so and and there were other sacrifices as well, but the guilt and have you ever heard that saying scapegoat, scapegoat, put the guilt on someone else. We love putting the guilt on other people, don't we? Blame someone else for our issues. Blame someone else for what we've done wrong. Part of receiving Jesus is taking accountability, something of which people find it very, very hard to do, take accountability for our actions. And then we can be declared innocent because we admit our guilt. We admit that we need a saviour. So before Jesus, all the sins of the people were paid for in the blood of the sacrifice of animals. I'm so glad that we don't have to do that now because I wouldn't want to do that. That would not be a fun job. be pretty messy. Wouldn't have, we wouldn't have any carpet in here because obviously it would all be covered in plastic. <laughs> be very messy. I'll let Ian do that job. So a price had to be paid. Jesus paid that price because we have all fallen short of the glory of God and we cannot possibly make it right. I find it fascinating right now how so many Christians that have gone astray like to justify and change the word of God so that they can justify their sin. Instead of admitting that they've got sin and actually coming to God, but they don't, want to, they don't want to because they actually don't want to give up the sin, right? So if you don't want to give up the sin, then you'll justify the sin and proclaim that it's not sinful anymore because, as you know, God is a loving God, isn't he? Isn't God a loving God? Isn't love, love? <laughs> what is love? God loves you enough to say no. God loves you enough to give you direction. God loves you enough. You know actually what it says in the Bible? says God disciplines who he loves. God disciplines who he loves. We didn't discipline our kids for fun because actually it's hard work. We disciplined our children because we love our children and we want the best for our children and because we do what the Bible says and the Bible actually has great wisdom. (laughs) Try reading it sometime. It actually, actually works, really, really works. But God is righteous and all his judgments are just. How many times do I get a question from people saying, But would such and such go to heaven or such and such go to heaven? But they were a good person, but they were this, they were that. I'm like, firstly, I'm not God. So I'm not going to make that decision, thank goodness. God is righteous. He doesn't just do righteous things. He is righteous. Therefore, he will not make a mistake. He will judge righteously. You don't need to worry about it. God is righteous. His judgment is just and it is true. And there'll be no argument with it, there'll be no reasoning with it. So we need to get to know our Bible so that we know who our God is. That is who our God is. He doesn't change by man's opinion. He doesn't change by convenience. He always will be the same God. It says in Revelation 16:7, "And I heard another out of the altar saying, Even so, Lord God almighty, true and righteous are your judgments. True and righteous are your judgments." We don't have to worry about God getting it wrong. (laughs) He's true to his word. He's true to his word and his promises because he is righteous. Imagine if you were invited to see the king. Imagine if you were invited to see royalty or someone who you love. Say, maybe you wouldn't want to visit the king. Maybe you want to visit someone else. But someone pretty prestigious. You're not going to just rock up, are you? You're not just going to rock up in your tracky decks and your T-shirt and sort of just saunter in to meet this important person. You're not going to do that, are you? You're going to present yourself the best that you possibly can. You're going to wear your best clothes. You're going to do your hair and maybe you go out and, to the hairdresser and, you know, look the best that you can. Same thing in heaven. We need to walk into heaven with the clothes of heaven. So that means we need the robes of Righteousness which we can only get through Jesus. Heaven is a holy place. Heaven would be polluted if everybody was let in. It would be polluted and that's why God has to keep it holy. And that is why we need the blood of Jesus on us so that we can enter in with the robes of righteousness. It says in 1 Corinthians 6, 9, Do you not know that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor abusers, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you are washed, but you are sanctified, but you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. I think that just about covers all of us. Do you think? All of us covered by all of those things? This, that's a scripture that uh, Israel Folau pretty much got nailed for, by the way. <laughs> for putting out that scripture because certain people decided that they were going to focus on one thing, but they forgot to look at all the other things. We are all sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God. We all fall short. Every single one of us has done one of those things, probably at least one of those things. So we will not inherit the kingdom of God if we remain in that But if we accept Jesus as our Lord and Saviour, we are made holy. We are washed clean by his blood. So we are all guilty. The inheritance of the kingdom of God is only for the sons and daughters of the king. Ian and I are going to pass on our inheritance to our children we're actually not going to pass our inheritance on to anyone else so this such is such as your father he's only going to pass his inheritance on to his sons and daughters he's not going to pass them on to anyone else so it's set aside for the sons and daughters of the king so exciting says in 1 Corinthians 6.20, For you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. You were bought with a price. Your life for his life. We, so we are empowered by the Holy Spirit within us to not be bound to sin anymore. We no longer need to be bound to sin anymore. We're not prisoners to sin anymore. We're not prisoners to shame anymore. We don't have to keep beating ourselves up because we've been set free by the blood of Christ and we only need to enter into the throne room of God with the robes of righteousness on us and be received as a son and a daughter of the Most High God. And he'll say, come in, come in, daughter, Come in, son, you are welcome here because I see that you know my son. So it says in 2 Corinthians 5:19, whereas God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them and putting The word of reconciliation in us. Then we are ambassadors on behalf of Christ, as God exhorting through us. We beseech you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For he has made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. There was separation between us and God. The sin between us was too much. And so it required the sacrifice of Jesus to make it right, to make it right. That's what He's done for us. Jesus, who knew no sin, to become sin on that cross. All of our sins... Christ reconciled us to God through His death. So justice has been done. Justice is complete in Jesus. So we are now innocent instead of guilty. How does that feel? To have that guilt off of you, that shame off of you, so that the innocence of God can be on us. But that requires us to actually make a choice. It requires us to make a choice to say, God, I am sorry for what I have done and I ask you into my life because I need you as my Lord and Saviour. Imagine you are waiting in the waiting room of the courts of heaven. It says in God's Word that each one of us will be judged. Every single one of us will be judged. Imagine you're waiting there and you're preparing your case to go before the judge. And you've written down all these things that you've done in your life just so that you can prove your case. You can prove your innocence. You've got things written down like, well, I gave money to the church. I went on a missions trip. I served on the hospitality team. I was good to my family. I was a nice person. And you hear the person before you going in and you hear the words, guilty. And you begin to get a bit more worried. So you start to write things, more things down just to prove your case. I better get some more evidence. I better get some more evidence so that I can be let in. And you walk in and you begin to get your list out because you're about to prove your case. And the judge looks at you and he says, Innocent, I declare you innocent because I can see that you know my son. I can see that you know and you've accepted my son. What a relief. What a relief to know that we don't have to prove ourselves. But it is only by the innocence of Jesus that we are declared innocent. The enemy will continue to remind you of what you've done. He wants to keep you in a constant state of guilt. It says in Revelations 12.10 And I heard... A great voice sang in heaven, Now is come salvation and power, and the kingdom of our God, and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. See, the enemy accuses you before the throne day and night, day and night, day and night. But if you have accepted Jesus, you have been declared innocent. There is nothing that He can do. There is nothing that He can do. Amen. Let's just pray this morning. Mighty God, we just thank You, Lord that we have been justified freely by your grace. And we are grateful. We are so grateful that you made a way, that our guilt and our shame has been lifted off and we are made righteous before you this morning. With every eye closed this morning, if you know this morning that you need to receive Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, that you want to be declared innocent when you face the judge that we all will face in heaven. If that is you, lift up your hands. I'm going to pray with you this morning. Amen. It's awesome. I see those hands awesome as anyone else that says, that's me, I I need Jesus, I need him to advocate for me in heaven, to know him, amen, thank you, awesome, thank you God, Mm. mighty God, well we're just going to pray a prayer together, so if you can just repeat after me. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for dying for me. Thank you that you rose again. I receive you today as my Lord and Saviour. Help me to live for you. Forgive me for my sins. Wash me clean. Make me your child. Amen. Awesome. If you prayed that prayer, just come up afterwards and I'm gonna help you in your journey in following Jesus. Remember that he has declared you innocent. Amen.